Hello, NPR friends. New day, new episode. I'm excited to share the finale of this two-part series on taxes. Let's get it. Yo, 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 whether you're wearing pants or not, welcome to No Pants Required. I'm your host, X3C, and thanks for joining. In this series finale on taxes, specifically tax refund season, we're going to talk a lot about what to do with that money that you just received. But before we dive into the episode, let's jump into the quickie. Today's quickie is about adventure. I may have said something similar to this, but today's quickie is almost in line with some of the items I've been posting on my IG stories. And today's adventure takes us all the way to the country of Malaysia, where you will find a 1.2 mile long water slide. Yep, a water slide, a mile, a little bit. So I guess a mile and a fifth long. Insane. It takes about four minutes and 30 seconds to ride this water slide, which I guess, you know, you think about it, four minutes and 30 seconds doesn't sound like a long time, but it's four minutes and 30 seconds of joy and excitement on a water slide. I am all for it. So this 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 ride is called the longest, and I mean... When you are the world's longest, why come up with any other creative name? Just call it what it is. It's the longest. So I did some research and I was like, well, if this is the longest, you know, and it's in Malaysia, where's the others that that's equivalent? And I found that there was one in the United States previously was the longest water slide located in New Jersey. But this new king of water slides and Malaysia is almost twice the length of the one that's in New Jersey. Now, for those who don't know and you're new to the podcast, thank you for joining. But one thing you have to know about me, I love adventures. And lately, I feel I haven't been living up to that lifestyle that I would like to have. You know, I want to be one of those individuals who like in their 60s skydiving granted i have already sky you know i went skydiving before uh, i don't know how long it was maybe um i guess that was like 13 years ago it's time for a re-up and it was over land uh not too far from where i live now greatest experience i literally felt like i can run through a brick wall it was that much adrenaline and euphoria built in after i land and I always wanted to do it over water or at nighttime over like a city skyscraper, you know, city lights in the, in the, the, the I guess the close distance, not too close, <laughs> but you know, the backdrop of, of skydiving where there's a city scape, not too far away. Um, again, over water that's near like a beach landing. Um, 
I also have not bungee jumped yet. And I say yet because that will happen. So are you guys as thrill seekers as much as I am, or at least as much as I think I am? Um, and if you are, let me know. Maybe we can do some crazy things together. And crazy meaning fun in my book. And that's the quickie for today, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and others. Why it's important to have a tax accountant, or why is it essential? Annual tax law changes, filing jointly or separately, how should entrepreneurs save to pay annual taxes? critical mistakes taxpayers make. All of those topics I covered in the previous episode, the part one of this series. So I would recommend if you have not listened to those uh, that episode, please give it a, hey, just pause this one right now. Go back to the previous episode. Give that one a listen. Um, I strongly recommend you do these two in order. It's because I set it up particularly in a, in a way to take us on a journey. So if if you are you have heard the first series, I'm sorry, first part of the series, thank you for sticking out to the second part. Again, it's only a two-part series. So you have successfully avoided jail <laughs> uh, by acquiring a tax accountant or an accountant, or you hired a tax advisor, whichever came first or whatever you decided to do. So additionally, I do... You know, notice that I've said accountant a lot and I did that on purpose because I suggest getting an accountant one million times. And that is because a certified public accountant or CPA is a licensed professional. This the, Those individuals have advanced education and degrees and experiences related to tax, tax code, accounting. It's, it's, well, not just taxes. It could, it, if they specialize in taxes, it, they have that experience. But accounting is a, a, a variety of different type of accounting. And so you can get into different areas. But particularly for this episode, I'm specifically talking about a CPA that has tax experience. So on the other hand, a tax preparer doesn't have like advanced education beyond basic tax prep. And I'm saying basic because that's usually where it is. It's, it's the, what forms to file and your basic preparation. It depends on the level of experience for that individual as well. It may go beyond basic, but that is why I strongly recommend obtaining an accountant again to avoid any jail time. And hopefully you listened. All right. So, but as I stated before, I am not a tax advisor and all information that I express is only based on my experiences. Now what? Well, in the conclusion of this short two-part series, I want to offer six steps for what to do after you received your tax refund. Hmm, interesting that I'm taking the approach of a tax refund because obviously if you've listened to your tax accountant and you've worked with one over a period of years, you've gotten to the point where the advice from your professional have gotten you to a point where you can maximize the tax laws and benefit 
to benefit, I should say, you and your financial situation, your financial environment, if you will. So now what? Here are the six tips. And of these six, are you expecting a refund? I mean, hopefully you are. And if you guys are not, hopefully you listened to the previous episode and the information I'm about to provide to you if you are expecting a refund. Many people may say paying off debt, saving or investing are all good choices, to be honest. So I'm here to help guide you to the right option for your situation. With these sec- with these six tips for getting more out of your refund. Not telling you to spend it on anything. I hope it can benefit you in some way or another. So many again would say use your tax refund for like a to like kickstart your savings if you have not already done so. Set aside that tax refund to start an emergency fund. Now that's critical. Or contribute to retirement or save for that dream vacation. We all have that dream vacation. And we know that dream vacation isn't cheap. Now, there are some affordable vacations and affordable options. But we know that dream vacation is not cheap. And it may cause you to save a multi, maybe multi years, depending on the type of vacation you're trying to take. So tax refunds are a chance to put money away towards or toward goals like, again, retirement accounts or even home improvement activities, you, you, something you may have been putting off for quite some time. And you can use the tax refund to help improve your home or in general, just improve your personal finances. And that's part of the pillars of the No Pants Required podcast is to help you guys with your personal finances. So you can also make the most out of your tax refund by paying down credit cards or other debt. Now, obviously, all the other items I talked about is things that that can benefit you in the long term, maybe benefit your happiness in your current home or even your happiness in your experiences and your world traveling. But if you have debt and credit card bills, it's time to take care of those items first before we can talk about that dream vacation down the line. So do want to give you guys a fun fact. <laughs> I looked this up and each year, more than read this is a big number, 70% of the U.S. taxpayers receive a tax refund. that's a lot of individuals in the U.S. who pay taxes throughout the year. 70% of those individuals receive a refund. So you can look at this in, I guess, several ways. That there's on the other side, 30% is in the other type categories, which is they either owe the U.S., government and taxes because they either did not pay enough. There were some mistakes, some audits. I've been on that road. Um, But, you know, 30% is not a large number when you compare that to the 70% and not knowing 
the break out of that 30% of those who pay versus those who were like audit or those who didn't file at all. Right. So I think that's important to just keep all those numbers in perspective, but the average dollar amount that those individuals, that 70% receives was $2,851. And this is according to the IRS. So a refund might seem like fund money from the U.S. government. But remember, it's really your money. You might be tempted to treat yourself like it's a mini lottery or some type of win that you can just go and splurge the money on. And you, hey, you have the right to do that if you choose to. I would advise not doing that, but you do have the right to do that. But there are smarter ways to use this extra cash and extra, I'm doing the air quotes. Because as I stated in the last episode, this refund is money you advanced the U.S. government as a free loan. So you could have, and maybe you want to consider this in the future, understanding the amount of money you make and determining your taxable income based off of the different categories, the tax categories, you can perhaps only pay what you are owed or what you owe, I should say, based off of your tax bracket. And then you will avoid the whole option of overpaying your taxes which is a result of that refund. But if you like to get the refund, for example, you just want to put the money away and don't touch it. You know, some folks don't have as much control. So this is a way to help yourself understand that as well. But granted, you know, if you're not, if the money is not in your hand, and again, this is a free loan to the U.S. government, you really could take that money and invest it and make interest or invest it in general and bring in a higher yield better than zero, which you're getting right now by giving the government this free loan. But you are okay with that, hopefully. And now, what do you do with this money? Where's the six tips? Number one, pay off debt. Clearly, that has to be the first one, right? It's the, it's the same thing to do. Credit card debt, student loans, other payments that strain your budget. Use the refund to pay it down. And you may have to put yourself on a multi-year plan to do so. Whatever the case is. Maybe it's every tax refund you are paying down debt. Hopefully in combination with a payment plan or some type of strategy to pay off this the debt that you have in advance. Or in combination, I should say, with the tax refund. Number two on the list, and this one does not get enough of mentioning. You know, I don't really hear a lot of people talk about number two on the list a lot. Frankly, I rarely hear people talk about it. There are some YouTubers out there that do emphasize it, but I don't hear anyone in my circles. Usually don't hear folks talk about it on television or on the news. But number two on the list is start or strengthening your emergency fund. Now, I know if you're not in position 
to have an emergency fund because maybe you are living paycheck to paycheck. Hopefully, number one is your strategy to get yourself out of the debt in order to advance to step number. I'm sorry, not step, but in order to advance to tip number two, which is start an emergency fund or strengthen your emergency fund if you already have one. So you can we in life, there are things that that happen that we cannot predict. There are interruptions of our lives and there are things that we may not see forthcoming, such as a job loss, medical emergencies, or sudden repairs to wherever those repairs occur. But you can prepare financially for unexpected expenses. So you can create a safety net, if you will, for yourself by starting or adding to your emergency fund. Now, there are a bunch of different options out there for emergency funds. It just depends on your financial situation, on how you want to go about it. I say do some research on that if you have not already done so. And if you are interested in starting one um, without, like, for instance, increasing your payments or you have a new strategy that you want to try, hey, there are a plethora out there. I, I, I can't necessarily give you one. Because it does depend on your financial situation. Um, but each time you pay off your bills, you can possibly, if you like, take that amount that you were paying on those bills. And you can then take that amount and start to roll it into emergency fund. And let's say you may have to stop paying into the emergency fund for a period of time. Let's say a six-month period because another emergency pop up and you decide and, and you can fund that pop-up emergency with the payment you were making previously to, to, the, to, to the credit or the debt that you previously had by not going into your emergency fund, hey, that's a win-win, right? You do now have discretionary funds to pay off this new emergency without going into your emergency fund. I know it sounds a little complicated, but what I pretty much just said was if you pay off your debt, Take that amount that you were paying, and if you already paid off your 401k savings account, you paid yourself, paid off your bills, and you paid into an emergency fund, then you can use that additional funds to increase the amount you paid into your savings account or into your emergency fund. Again, it's all dependent on your financial situation and your appetite for um, preparing for the unknown. Number three on the list is contribute to retirement savings. Now, we we do not want to work. I hope we do not want to work for a long period of time. I honestly think working in your 60s, especially your late 60s, that is a bit much. Especially if you started when you was like 18 or in your teens. Up into your 60s, you've worked most of your lives going into some type of job or career if if you've re 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 reached that level and i think taking a holistic look at it it is a lot that we work most of our lives and, I, and i'm not saying it's a bad thing i mean look at the ants right they they work their entire lives for the queen and for the good of the colony right so i i get it and we we are air quote in part doing that for humanity 
But for us, it's probably more selfish than for the greater good. But nonetheless, we kind of sort of are working for the greater good. And you do want to enjoy that at some point. And number three on the list is to contribute to your retirement savings and either contribute more or be more consistent with it or have a plan to execute or obtain a certain dollar amount. I did read somewhere recently where some bank experts have project we are, yeah, suggested, I should say, we would need about $3 million um, to in retirement, depending on people's lifestyle. So we can't, and we can't go with everyone's number there. But if you're looking forward to contribute or for a comfortable, I should say, retirement, your refund may grow tax-free or tax-deferred if you put it into like a Roth or a traditional IRA. Um, there, are, I think the number is increased um, somewhere between six and 7,000 you could contribute. Um, and so definitely want to talk to a, a financial planner or financial expert to identify what strategy is right for you for number three on the list. Number four, this is important for those individuals who have kids or if you yourself want to further your education, contribute, I'm sorry, take, you can take your refund. And if you do have kids or you plan to have kids, a lot of states have with the 529 plans, um, you can invest in like a child's future by earning earnings on the investment or free from federal taxes, which is also awesome, right? Because taxes can be a little bit of pain. Um, but there are some non-income and age limits there as well. Annual contribution limits dependent on your state. So you definitely want to read about that depending on what you are. Um, but if you do, you know, plan to fund or try not to take loans, <laughs> um, I, I, it's a crazy number. But I did see with a range of education. Now, depending on the school you go to, it's like in a 200000 range. And in some cases, up to 500000 for an education and also profession that you're that you're going to. And so it's important to to try to think in long terms. If you can, it'll be super helpful for number four on the list. Save for college for, again, your current kids or your future kids or even yourself. Right. You can put yourself on a payment plan into an account, talk to a financial advisor if you want to um, work on some short-term savings. And I do have a couple episodes I, I plan to talk specifically about strategies and stocks. I'm kind of sort of changing my paradigm of what I'm going to do. And I'm really excited about it, actually. I've actually already started it. And I'm just working through the details to make sure that, you know, the advice I do provide you guys is something that I'm also doing myself. So number five on the list is put money aside for a home. If you're not a homeowner or you're seeking to purchase a second home or whatever the case is, definitely have to put money aside. There are a lot of programs out there, but banks want the 20% and they're going to get it one way or the other. If you put 5% down, 10% down or anything under 20%, the bank will get the remainder of that percentage they will. Um, it just depends on what's comfortable for you and your family or your situation. But you definitely want to save for the down payment. And I know it could be very tricky because the cost of 
of of living obviously dependent which is it's a little bit crazy because of the different things going on in the world right so cost of goods is also increased cost of living increase and sometimes salaries lag behind and so i think it's important that we take a a step back and try to be smart with our planning and number five on the list really helps us to prepare ourselves for what i think is the greatest achievement not because owning home is the greatest achievement but it's one of the greatest investments one can make in the united states number six on the list start a short-term savings account now starting a short-term savings account can also help with emergency fund saving for personal college some of the items i covered before um maybe you want to splurge on something something special remember that dream vacation we talked about hey short-term savings account can help you achieve that goal so i would say consider like a cd or a high interest savings account with the money safely tucked away, and I'm saying safely, um, because usually you you won't lose your initial investment, and you 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 stand the chance to obtain interest, especially if you signed a contract in a CD. If it's in a high interest savings account, that could be a little bit different because the banks have the right to change the rates, um, depending on the market. So it could be a little different. I think a CD is really a good way to go if you want to be very conservative. Um, saving in that manner. And I, I really do recommend doing CDs and high interest savings accounts, actually both of them around the same time. Um, so I think all, all together, saving money may not have the same immediate appeal for like the big splurge. But if you build a solid financial foundation, then you can afford to have that splurge more later. And here's a bonus for you guys start investing now we talked about investing in terms of stocks and again i just mentioned i am working on a few podcast episodes that's going to break down the details of how my strategy has changed a little bit in the stock market so please stay tuned for that but investing can help you reach big life goals like again buying a home maybe you can invest to obtain that payment faster but with faster also comes the risk of loss um thinking about starting a business or funding your own business venture building your retirement fund uh, as i mentioned earlier you can invest in those arenas because the potential for gain is greater also the potential for loss is also greater so it depends on your appetite for risk and if you're risk averse then i would highly recommend a high interest or high yield interest savings account and or a CD high interest. You looking for something in the 4.4, 4.5, hell, 5.0 APY. If you can find that, I suggest move your money tomorrow into that account. You may have to move money every six months, different institutions. Hey, you can play that game if you like. That's also fine. If there's no charges for moving the money around, I say do it. Honestly, I looked into Robinhood and they have a lot of financial tools that they've been rolling out over the past year, year and a half that I think many should give a second look um, just to give a second look. So I would suggest you learn a little bit more about what your goals are, what you want to do and 
hopefully you guys achieve them. So these six goals, I'm sorry, six tips set aside to help you guys take your tax refund and do something with it, right? And I gave you the list. Wish you guys success. And to next week, remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.